Hi, everyone. I'm Anita Lustria, and for many years I did live radio. Then I transitioned to the podcast world where I feel I found my home. I love talking about spiritual formation, justice issues, and spiritual practices. Throw in the Enneagram, movies, and current events from time to time, and that's what you get on the podcast. I'm glad you've come along for the ride. Welcome to Faith Conversations. Welcome to Faith Conversations, everyone. Glad you have downloaded this week's podcast. Uh, to those of you who are new, we've been going for eight plus years here on the podcast, and it's always a joy when someone new joins the Faith Conversations fold. I know many of you are already supporters of Faith Conversations, but if that's something that you've not done and would like to do, you can do it in a whole bunch of different ways. You can do it through PayPal, Venmo, Apple Pay, you know, all of those, right? Um, the email address for PayPal is producer at anitalustria.com. And you can find out more information at anitalustria.com, the website. <laughs> okay. Well, today I'm excited to have KJ Ramsey back on the podcast. Um, many of you probably heard her when she was with me uh, sometime last year as we talked about her book, The Lord is My Courage. And I, that is a great book. I highly recommend. Um, let me just say that today we're going to be talking about the book of common courage. Do you detect a theme? Maybe. Well, we'll find out more about that as we talk with KJ today. If you are not familiar with her, she's a trauma informed, licensed professional counselor and an author whose work offers space to see every part of our souls and stories as sacred. And I don't know about you, but I hear that and it just makes me be able to sigh and go, yes, I'm in the presence of someone who gets it, who I can just be real with. And I think you will feel that way as you read her work, if you have not already been someone who follows her on Instagram or has who has been reading her work already. So a big welcome back to Faith Conversations to KJ Ramsey. Welcome. Good to be with you. Thank you. Well, I think we need a little bit of the backstory on how uh, the Book of Common Courage came to be, of course, first of all. And I think the other piece that that I would like for you to share with with folks who maybe are unfamiliar with your work, um, what what moved you into writing to begin with? I think that's always interesting to hear. Um, this is not your first book. It's not even your second book, right? This is number mm -hmm. three. I think yeah, if I'm counting. Three. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you know what moved you that direction? And I I. I dare not go even further than that and ask what moved you into the profession that you're in as a therapist, but maybe that's a, even a piece of th this story. So I'll just open it up wide to you to share what you'd like. <laughs> awesome. Um, so I'll start with the first part of the question. Otherwise I might forget to answer. <laughs> yeah, I totally get <laughs> but that. But yeah. it's okay. Um, yeah. The book of common courage came to be, uh, while writing The Lord is My Courage, which is what we previously talked about um, on an earlier conversation. And really, 
that book is my own story of my husband and I experiencing spiritual abuse and healing from religious trauma. And it was while writing that book that I was writing what I wasn't even ready to call poems yet. Mm. <laughs> um, I was writing short succinct words and, and pieces to help myself process the vulnerability of telling this story and to discern what was mine to share and what was mine to hold on to mm-hmm. for just myself and my spouse mm-hmm. um poetry though i didn't know that it was poetry cuz i yeah. thought poetry was something grander and more uh (laughs) elevated than I could possibly write without having studied it for 17 years or something like ridiculous um I I love also that you're saying that because I think a lot of us have that view of poetry yeah we do Um, and and I'll just throw in just a little comment that um writing haiku poems walked me through the pandemic Oh gosh, I love that so much. I just got chills. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, you know, again, n- not dissimilar from you, I, I would n- never go. I'm a poet, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but, it took it took but, a long time for me. Yes, yes. I didn't actually. Is, yeah, I'll let you. I didn't continue. actually claim that I was a poet until most of this book was written which is funny because the subtitle already existed, but I, and I wrote it in secret. So I was like, I know I've got some time here to, to, to own that. That's actually who I am, but it really was more of like a dialogue with myself and God and my editor uh, <laughs> and your ed- to get to the point of being say, able to claim that. Well, and say the subtitle, because I didn't read that at the beginning. Yeah. It's so it's the book of common courage, prayers and poems to find strength in small moments. And this is the book that I didn't plan on writing and happened out of my own processing of pain and possibility. And I, at the, at the time of writing the Lord is my courage, my husband and I had left a spiritually abusive faith community, a church where he worked and where I ran my counseling practice. And we I had spent a a season not being able to go to church and we were dipping our toes back in and going back to a church. We were in a small liturgical church and it was, I had during prior to going back to church, like gotten my hands on a copy of the book of common prayer and reading the collects in the book of common prayer, like gave me the ability to pray again after feeling like I'm not sure I can trust God if God allowed all of this to happen in the church. And and also even just the daily office of the Book of Common Prayer like gave me room to kind of dip into being able to read the scripture again. Um, just I would just like read the daily um, offering of Psalms, especially after not really being able to read scripture for a while because of how with trauma works that uh scripture had been weaponized against yes. us to to scapegoat us and to to diminish our character and so scripture became a source of uh like a signal of a lack of safety like 
this is the thing that was a sword, not a solace. And uh, the Book of Common Prayer was one of the things that started to give me safety again, Mm -hmm. to just kind of try on coming back into conversation with actual words with God. Um, So that was happening while writing the book, uh, The Lord is My Courage. And I honestly just, I thought these little pieces and uh, prayers were for myself. And then I started to share some of them on social media, honestly, out of a like work smarter, not harder impulse of like, I'm writing a manuscript right now. So I don't really have like the energy to come up with something to post on Instagram. So I'm going to post something really simple. (laughs) And turns out um, those really simple distilled pieces were really meaningful to people. And I I didn't expect that. Um, So it was out of that, that I was and hearing from readers that they that they would be like, when are you going to make this into a book? And I was <laughs> I just that. like, yeah, it was just I was just trying to process stuff um, that, <laughs> I, that I about probably the fifth time that somebody commented like that. I was like, well, why not? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, why not make this into a book? I I think we should just go for it and I'm already doing it like I was already committed to writing like this to personally process for myself so like it wouldn't be that much harder to to expand it and um so I kind of just went for it and that's how the book came to be you posted something uh during advent which at at the recording of this which we're we're talking and releasing this in January 2023 because I know people listen to mm-hmm. podcasts, you know, whenever. <laughs> so I, I sometimes put a little timestamp on it for people, <laughs> but um, you wrote something during Advent and I, I didn't know, I wondered if that came from this book or, or where that came huh. from, but I know I um, typed that up or downloaded the, I know you can't, I don't know how you do it, but typed it up um, and, and used that as a prayer to open several spiritual direction sessions with clients. Mm. I just thought it was so powerful. Yeah. Um, I don't even, I'm not sure prob- which yeah, one it I'm was, sure but don't. yeah. And I don't, yeah, I'm I, around for it here next to my <laughs> desk, but I couldn't yeah. find it. Um, I do remember writing a couple new colleagues um, during Advent. That's the, the thing that i encountered that's been really beautiful so the majority of the prayers in this book are collects in the tradition of the the short form prayers that are in the book of common prayer and i've written them in a little bit more of a modern style um using language like i actually use rather than like almighty god (laughs) yeah uh, to you you know it's just like uh there's a loftiness to the language in the book of common prayer which which has a real beauty and i'm not um i am not against it i i think it's gorgeous however i felt that it was important to speak like i speak and we speak and to like bring language that we can talk to God like we talk to each other um, and we talk to ourselves. And I, I really think it's important to show that prayer, prayer is personal and it doesn't have to be prettified, (laughs) um, made more, more beautiful uh, to be, 
real and good. But Taleks um, are are a beautiful, short, condensed form that gives us a sense of structure, containment, um, and uh, I think consolation because of mm. anyway, as a trauma informed therapist i believe less is more and yeah. colleagues are short they are five things we we name god we name part of the story of god or the character of god we name third one thing that we want one desire just one not all the desires not like i want i want my bills to be paid i want uh, my disease is to be healed. I want like there's so much I want, but just name one thing. Keep it simple. And then why you want it, which ties back into who God is mm-hmm. and end with some small word of praise. So there's a smallness and a simplicity that I think can be a good container when we feel yes. that we feel chaos around us. Yes. Keep it simple. Yes. So uh, these are really simple prayers. I think um, so often prayer has been made very complicated. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yes, so I, so I love that you just described that um, the simplicity of what a collect is and what you've presented and given us. Um, I was a little afraid, you know, as a author, of course, we like want you know, we care about what people think and all of that. Like, it's real. I'm a human. I care too. <laughs> I care too much. Um, and so I was a little bit afraid to choose to limit myself like that to, I could have written long, elaborate prayers that might have dazzled. <laughs> um, well, and true, because you're, you're a really good writer. I mean, really Well, thank good. you. Yeah. But so. I wanted, but I felt that what was more helpful for people who are struggling, who feel weary, who feel overwhelmed, who maybe feel like they don't have words to pray, what I felt yeah. in my soul, as in my instincts as a clinician was less is more, simplicity is more soothing. And so I limited myself to to write these prayers that on first glance might might sound really simple um because of how short they are most of them are very short um and that's on purpose it's there's a the the reason behind that is what that simplicity can do in your soul and in your spirit mm-hmm. and your body um when you feel overwhelmed and it's and i i had to kind of like get over my own <laughs> need to prove i don't know something and go with what I, what my instinct is for what caring for people is best. I think one of the things that I noticed as I opened up the book, um, was that very thing, this sense of spaciousness. And I have to say that I think because of all that's happening in the world and in people's lives right now, that there is something really beautiful and calming when you open a book and you don't see the entire page is filled with words. And I want to add to that and have you talk about the fact that you have also included photography in this book. Um, You've not mentioned that yet, but I think that's an integral part 
and absolutely beautiful and important. Mm -hmm. um, but why was it important to you? Yeah. So in this is this book is full color, um, which I am just like, as an <laughs> author, I feel so spoiled and like <laughs> astounded they let me make a book like this. Like I just opened up my copy to this first spread of like part one blessed. And this is photo mm -hmm. of uh, when I'm at my parents' house in Montana, it first their hills in the summer look like the sound of music. And yeah. it is stunning. And I love to just go and pick wildflowers and like take in the sunset. And so there's this photo of sunset, like the sun setting on these wildflowers. And it's just gorgeous. Um, I feel I feel so grateful that I got to put things like that in here. Um, these places that are depicted, these all the photos are mine, except for the ones that are of me, my husband took. And there's a couple of those, but most of them are just mine. And they're me on walks. Like this is, these places, while I don't have descriptions in the, the physical copy of the book and the audio copy, I kind of go behind the scenes and share like what was happening in this picture. But Ooh, that's good. I, yeah, it's a little extra, like yeah. added a little extra, but these are the places where I've gone to pay attention to the presence of God and to move physically through my own pain and sorrow. Um, and so it felt, it felt right to get mm -hmm. to pair these prayers with the places that have held me back into strength. Um, so there's the places where I pick wildflowers, there's, um, the trail where during the summer I go multiple times a week to go on a walk. Um, there's pictures, tons of pictures from my neighborhood park. Um, and it's while I'm not explicitly saying it in, in the book, the point is that like prayer really is just paying attention. Mm -hmm. It's paying attention to where you are, who you are. And this is just my offering of paying attention to my life. Hmm. I also wanted to, before I forget, I, I want to talk about the fact you said these words earlier, you talked about us naming God mm -hmm. and you name God throughout the book as you begin these prayers. And I personally love that whenever I come across an author that names God in a different way or a way that I hadn't thought of or whatever um, that that may be. I, I mean, I almost always uh, grab whatever that is and keep it or get the book or whatever, you know, so I love that. And I, I came across, um, I've, I've already been writing in, in my copy, you know, I put a square around the prayer that you began with homeless Lord. Um, I, I love that in part because my husband and I moved from Chicago. He worked in inner city Chicago, and now we're in a warm weather climate also where plenty of homeless people are. And and I, I just, I love that. Homeless. Yeah. Lord. And I just want to say like, even that one was hard to choose, like, because it's homeless. I said homeless rather than unhoused. Mm -hmm. which I yes. I, you know, kept, a yeah. better, a better word overall, but there mm -hmm. was something about like when, when we left, when we left our church, 
we we didn't have permanent housing yes we experienced hidden homelessness yes and so that that was the word that felt that I needed to identify that God experienced too yes Jesus didn't have permanent housing either yep during his ministry and went from place to place laid his head on a stone for a pillow like that was so important to name um but that one I just had to had to point out like I did wrestle a little bit do I say unhoused do I say homeless and I and I decided to be both say homeless oh, even though I know it's a little not politically correct but well and I think I think there are a lot experience. of people that wrestle with that too because yeah. I'm not sure I, I think there's still um something that is communicated with homeless that's not quite communicated with unhoused it's yeah um so I I, I yeah, thank you for yeah. that wrestling. But yeah, there's using that. there's tons there's tons of spots to yeah. name God in different ways. Um unconventional hungry Lord. Son. Hungry son. Um, hungry oh, yeah. son. Yes. Hungry son. I that was on the very next page. And I so I think even that exercise as you go through the book and paying attention to how you name God. Um I I, I really, really appreciated that. So I wanted to make sure to to mention mm. that. Um, I also wanted you to talk about um, your own health as you were writing this book. Uh, mm. and, and you, I don't know that you mentioned, I don't think you mentioned this at the outset. You were talking about you and your husband's um, s- real struggle as you um were part of and came out of a spiritually abusive faith community, but I don't think you mentioned your personal health struggles. Yeah. Uh, what happened at, I don't know if it was before or if it happened during or after you started the writing of this book. During, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I've had an autoimmune disease for 14 years um, and that makes me immunocompromised and a year ago. So during the writing of this book, I had probably half of it written and, and the way a book with pictures in it, it's kind of a little different process than a normal book. So it was kind of like, how much more do we need? I don't know. And it was a different, a different kind of writing process. I kind of like wrote batches of stuff. And Mm -hmm. anyway, so I was about halfway through and I got COVID, but Mm -hmm. didn't know it um, because tests are not super accurate especially on immunocompromised people and we didn't know it until it was far too late and um i spent three months fully in bed um unable to barely like lift my body up myself um and that what was happening in me during that time was uh kind of blooming of a lot of new diseases that i'm gonna have for the rest of my life um and I now so after so yeah during the writing of this book I mean we we moved actually the release date back because I was I couldn't function um yeah and we uh it was it was scary it was it was it was scary it was exhausting um while you know after choosing a new release date and deciding okay we're gonna go for it um I was just starting to get better I was in cardiac rehab um with like 
people recovering from heart attacks. That's how much damage COVID did in me. Um, mm-hmm. I was so I was so weak that at that point I was like to do two minutes of the slowest movement on the like ba- most basic bike thing at cardiac rehab was like all I could do for a stretch. I was so weak. So these words um, in the Book of Common Courage are were words that came out of my own place of deep weakness mm-hmm. and the, the sorrow of being brought very low um, and being afraid of what is my life going to become mm-hmm. and will God be with me? Mm-hmm. Will I be okay? Um, and, you know, one year later, I have a mountain more of uh, treatment that I have to get that's very hard and I don't mm-hmm. like it. And I can say that God has been with me mm-hmm. and God has given me all the courage that I need to accept my life mm-hmm. and to show up in my life even with more challenges than I already had um so yeah that's what was going on during writing this book and I mean I'm still I'm it's I'm so much healthier than I was a year ago but I'm still very much in the thick of it with how um my my treatment regimen is pretty hard you know uh, uh, um, before I hit the record button I asked you how you were and if if you felt up to doing this and you know it seems such a simple thing to sit here and talk to a person, not so much, you know, I, I just, yeah, think it's, not it's for important me. for people to know. Yeah. Not for you. It takes energy and it takes energy to talk about the things that have happened in your life, you know, yeah. uh, uh, which you do in, you either write about or talk about with people like me, uh, in, a, in an interview context, you know, over and over. And that, that exacts something from us. And yeah. so, um, I, I, we're, we don't always think about that. And, and so I, I wanted you. to, to talk about that. Um, even thanks for just saying that briefly. Yeah, it's, it's big. And I also would love for you to speak. You said it as you were just speaking, you used the word courage a couple of times. Obviously it is in the title of both of your most recent books and this very recent one, the book of common courage, Let's talk about what that means to you. I I came across a definition recently and I, I opened up the dictionary or went online because I thought, I'm not sure this is the dictionary definition, but the one I grabbed was the decision to move forward in the face of fear. But what 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 do you call what do you uh define courage as and why has that been such an important word? Yeah, um, I realized while writing my first book, um, This Too Shall Last, that courage is like, it's a virtue. It Mm. is something that we can practice. And it is, it is really saying yes to communion. It's saying yes to actually communing with myself and God in the life that I have right now. Mm. And that I believe is what repentance is. It's turning, turning from uh, the story that says I'm alone 
and I will be forsaken. This isn't going to work out. And it's turning back toward the story that says, God really does see me. God really is with me. Um, And so that's what courage is to me. It's saying yes to my life. I found myself, and I'll I'll be doing more of this, but, and I don't know if you can read this or if it's backwards to you, but yes. I put a square yes. around this on one page. What does it say? Yeah. There is no hour of my life that is lived outside of your care. That just jumped yeah. off the page at me. And that's really a piece of what you were just saying. I thought that was powerful. I mean, there, there yeah. are powerful bits <laughs> everywhere in this. And I can see myself doing a lot of underlining and boxing. And I also have to say that I, I love, love that. that there are a few pages um, with uh, white print on black paper. And I just got white markers. And I thought, oh, Ooh, I'll, I like I'll that. Be, I'll be <laughs> writing with my white marker. I did wonder, I did wonder like what people will use on those pages. <laughs> yeah, there are lovely white markers and other, co- other markers that you could use. So yep, yeah. gonna, I'm going to be doing that. Uh, <laughs> so interesting. Um, so courage is no small piece of this. Obviously you have been courageous in your own life And one of the questions that comes out of this conversation for me is how you have remained tethered to God in all of this. There are, you know, we read all the time of people who just walk away Mm -hmm. when hard stuff comes. And I, and I don't, I'm not casting shade or putting judgment out there at all, but what, how have you remained connected and even deepened your relationship with the divine? I think that I was given a great gift in my education. Mm-hmm. Um, in college, my theology professor was uh, Dr. Kelly Capick. Kelly's oh. a, a dear friend. <laughs> Um, a great a fine mind. author himself yeah I he's a great author here. Yeah. and he's a he's a dear friend to this day and yeah. kelly really introduced me and my peers to the beauty of union with christ mm. that no matter what christ dwells within me christ lives within me by the spirit and Furthermore, Christ took on flesh to dwell among us that like there is a bodily nature to this indwelling and to my connect, my connection to the Christ who lived and walked on this earth and still reigns in a body is bodily. Um, And so I think that I was given a really special gift to be able to grasp that um, pretty much ineffable, like somewhat incomprehensible truth that uh, God's presence is there. Mm. Um, Whether I can see it, see God, feel God, 
still trust God or not. God is there. Um, that union with Christ, that changes everything. And so, um, I think that's a place that I've been uniquely positioned and being given that gift, Mm. something about receiving that kind of welcome and that kind of it's like it it astounded me it was about awe I was like I don't have to totally understand this it's just whoa wow that that God would dwell inside me and you um and I think that that came at I I got sick while I was his student and um with my first disease and so I was beginning to really wrestle with my own physical suffering in that context of of being introduced to this god who loves me not based on my effort but just does mm-hmm. and uh and being introduced to a spirituality that was um slower and and mm-hmm. made room for questions and That's big silence right there yeah um at the time that i got sick i was in a small group with Kelly's wife. And she was introducing me to uh, the writing of people like Kathleen Norris, who introduced me to the world of the Benedictines and the desert fathers and mothers. And so I feel like uh, my being tethered in a different way than some of my peers uh, really, that that was just a gift. And I don't, Mm. I, I don't think I have to, parse out like why did I get to give that gift another student but that's like primed the pump and put me in a position where I was able to encounter my own physicality Mm. as a place to be met Mm. by God yeah rather than a problem to fix or clean up in order to be loved by God again and that changes everything yes your own physical experience of your body so wow. I guess that's where I start to answer that question. I think I well, was given a really big gift in that communion of saints yes. around me at the time that I first Absolutely. got sick. But you're, you're raising something else that came up as you talked about what Kelly's wife introduced you to or who she introduced you to and mm-hmm. some of these uh, wonderful voices, uh, church fathers and mothers, and you know, you went down this list and to me, what, uh, what, where it takes me is formation. It's a, there's a certain kind of spiritual formation that I don't think is happening necessarily in our uh, churches and that it's a deeper formation that, that a deeply formed life is um, one that has some sense of stability maybe, or or uh, groundedness or uh, whatever wording you want to put to it. Yeah. I think I, I just, I realize I feel very privileged um, that I was given that kind of like welcome into a faith that doesn't have to be expressed in certainty and can yeah. be quieter and yeah. more mystical. I yes. was given that as a inheritance somehow within um, evangelicalism at the time I was an evangelical and that's not common. Right. <laughs> like, I agree. It was not, I I think it's incredible that the people that were around me were introducing me to that kind of spirituality of learning how to sit in silence and practice contemplative prayer, um, how to walk the stations of the cross, like things like that hold us um, and 
not I I just think when I look at like my readers um I don't know that a lot of a lot of folks who have a similar storyline as mine have been like given that and so yes I have deconstructed so much and I have shed so much of the spirituality that I grew up with um and my like relationship to the institutional church today is so different (laughs) than it was when I was a college student who was first interacting with all of these resources. And um, I think that there's what we're all seeking after is a faith that is whole, that we're like our whole selves, bodies included, struggles included, are embraced by a love that will never let us go. Yeah. And there are ancient practices that can help us sense that as true. Yes. That um the church, I think, has lo- like left behind we've re- we've rejected our inheritance. That's um, a good that's a really good on. way of putting it. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. I was just as you started talking about ancient practices, I was just going to raise my hand here and say, because I don't, I don't mention it on the podcast. I think people that regularly download faith conversations are maybe aware of this because uh, uh, each Wednesday I release Alexio Divina um, mm-hmm. yeah. um, practice. And I think because it's been super meaningful to me and I think just spiritual practices, ancient practices. I mean, I think that those things are critical. And I think of my own life, I was introduced to exactly what you're talking about, uh, probably 20 years later than you were in my early 40s, Hmm. as opposed to my 20s. Um, But deeply grateful. God met me at just the time when I needed that. And Yes. It was just the time that I needed it because if I had continued to just have a faith of um, having to wake up and do your quiet time, for example, I couldn't have done it. When I got sick, when I was 20 years old, my hands were so inflamed, I couldn't open my Bible. Wow. Yeah. So what do you do when you sit there and Mm -hmm. and you're living in a body that won't let you practice your faith in the way that you've been told you have to, Mm. to be a faithful Christian? Well, thank God some yeah. people gave me right around the same time had been giving, starting to give me practices like you can actually just sit and be silent to practice like That's recognizing right. that God's presence is with you. Yeah. Thank God. But yeah. uh, not everybody has been introduced to that kind of spirituality. And instead, so we've continued to be harmed by this spirituality of striving. And so um I think people sometimes maybe don't know what to do with me because I'm like, <laughs> I haven't rejected uh, yeah. the Christian sp- spirituality. Um, and you might, people might encounter some of my work and like assume that uh, I haven't rejected it. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to reposition us mm-hmm. um, to receive yeah. our good inheritance. Yeah. And I, I so appreciate that. I just, I really, really appreciate that. Um, hey, we've got to talk about one more thing before we go, and that is Psalm 23. Mm-hmm. There's a theme, you know, the, yes. the Lord is my courage, and now the book of common courage, and Psalm 23 makes another appearance here, and I think in a beautiful way, but talk about that and why. Yeah, so um, 
what you're referring to is how in my previous book and in this one, I use Psalm 23, the phrases of it are my chapters. Um, So we walk word by word and phrase by phrase through the whole Psalm. And in this book, it is a poetic conversation. So in every chapter, there are prayers, collects um, that are most of most of them are in conversation with Christ um, as the the real manifestation of the shepherd that David was longing for and writing about in Psalm 23 uh, to like give us room to converse with the real Jesus who is really human, really has a body, yeah. really was betrayed by people around him, really was killed by the religious folks of his day, and really did have a panic attack in the Garden of Gethsemane. <laughs> and, you know, all of this, like the real yeah. embodied Jesus who still lives and reigns. And um, to start to, exp- to like maybe imagine that this Jesus is actually kind and still cares about us. Um, and and if you read closely, you don't have to read the books together. They are um, they can stand apart. They don't have to read together at all. But um, when you read them together, there's this is also like a way to pray through mm. the content of the other book and to to dwell on like the concepts of paying attention to yourself as somebody that God loves, mm-hmm. the letting your body speak, um, letting your pain prompt you to pay attention all of these things um the poetry of it is a prompt to slow you down uh to bear witness to your own life Mm. and it's done walking through the psalm in this more poetic way than the other book lets us and i'll add a word you used earlier in a slower way yeah which is just beautiful I think. Yeah. yeah. Slower with some more space. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm a fan <laughs> and I really wanted to highlight your, your new book, the, the book of common courage, prayers and poems to find strength in small moments. And you can find out more. You can read more. There are links in the show notes to get more information about KJ Ramsey and to follow her. I encourage you to follow her on Instagram. We'll have a link there. And KJ, thank you for your time and energy spent here today with us. Really appreciate your work. So thanks for being here. Likewise. Thank you so much. And to everyone else, I say keep the conversation going.